Hello. Today, we explore hidden city fares and the economics of the airline industry that allow a one-way flight from New York to Detroit with a stop in Cleveland to be cheaper than a direct flight to Cleveland. Today's show is made possible by EasyPoint, full-service, customized miles and points strategies for both small businesses and individuals. Good afternoon, Jason. Hey, Zach. How's it going? How are you? It's going well. Feeling nice and empowered after our little discussion just now about how to go from the West Coast to Amman in style pretty cheaply. Doesn't it feel good, huh? It does feel good. Yeah. I I, I can't imagine many people are going to be wanting to do this routing, but on, on the off chance you're trying to go from, you know, SFO to, you know, somewhere in the Middle East that Emirates covers like Amman or Dubai, for just 80,000 SPG points, you can go round, round trip in business class on one of the nicest products in the world. So, and low surcharges. So it doesn't, doesn't really beat that. That's fantastic. You know, you, the more you get into this stuff, the more you see opportunities and uh, some of these, you know, some of these routings are just a gold mine. You, you get the catch over there and you just, sometimes you can do a really good deal like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I wish I wish I knew this before I moved to Amman when the bonuses were super, super big with SBG when they were both thirty five thousand. Then that's basically two sign up bonuses, and there you go. That's the flight. <laughs> mhm. Yep. Yeah. I, want, I wonder what the retail is. The retail for that's probably like ten thousand dollars. Oh, yeah. Fine. Yeah. Let's 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 check it. Again, obviously, it depends on the the timing. It also depends where you originate. So I imagine there's going to be a multi-thousand-dollar premium for uh, originating in SFO versus in Amman. But let's let's check it. I'm I'm curious. So let's see when I'd approximately want to to do this. Yeah, it looks like it's in originating in SFO. Ah, it's actually not that bad. It's really not that bad. You know, it's all relative, but yeah, it's about 4,400. That's for Emirates? Yeah, it's pretty good. Cash You're wise. right. You're <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking at uh, mid-January. I'm yeah, and, it's, and, it, and it's, it's about, it's about 4, 4K originating in Amman on the same routing. That being said, if you start to book well in advance, it starts to become like between 65 and 80, 84 for both both of them. But that's, that's strange to me that there's not a you know, a, a premium for originating an SFO. I imagine there's way more. I think, uh, uh-huh. I think from JFK, it's even more expensive. Like, Oh, um, for sure. So I guess it's, it's still amazing value. No question. Yeah. Okay, Zach, what are we talking about today? What's our, what's, what's on the menu for our podcast? <laughs> so kind of the opposite of uh, what we were just talking about, you know, flying the world in in business class. We're we're talking about hidden city today and how to save, you know, thirty to a hundred bucks pretty reliably on shorter domestic class, domestic tickets. So for our our listeners that aren't aren't familiar with what hidden city is, do you want to just kind of give an overview, get us started for us? Okay, great, sure. This is one of my favorite topics, and it's literally easy to do and it's fun and um, every time is different so it's it's really it's exciting so what's what is hidden city ticketing so let's just say delta airlines they have 
hub cities. So they'll have a hub in New York, they have a hub in Atlanta, Detroit, Minnesota, etc. They are selling flights, let's say, from New York to Chicago, let's say, uh, direct for a hundred bucks tomorrow. And they don't really care how you're going to get to Chicago. You can take a direct flight to Chicago for a hundred bucks. And they also have flights that go through their hubs, go through Minnesota or go through Detroit or go through Atlanta, possibly uh, to Chicago. So those flights many times are also going to be a hundred bucks or a little more, a little less. But let's say I don't want to go to Chicago. Let's say I really want to go to Detroit. And I go online and I see a ticket, a one-way ticket Delta from New York City to Detroit tomorrow is 300 bucks. But that same ticket, um, if I buy it to Chicago with a stop in Detroit, is 100 bucks. Bingo. That is what we call <laughs> hidden city ticketing. We, so we, I, have, I, have a, I have a question for you that I'm sure many people are thinking. Why is it less expensive if you're, you know, have an ad- additional... Uh, segment. How, how did the economics of that work? Okay, the economics a little complicating, but in, in short, the airlines, the, the way it works is not how much distance you cover. So, for example, you could have a very long flight like um, New York to Asia um, selling for $500 round trip or $1,000 round trip, but you could have a very short flight like New York to London, which is a seven-hour flight as opposed to a 15-hour flight, it could be selling for double, triple the price. Why? Because it's not based on distance. In other words, they're not, it's not like a taxi cab that's charging, there's no meter. It works that they, they have a, they set the price for this zone and based on how many seats are sold on the plane and based on the demand and based on the season and based on many, many things, which I'm, I'm not even the pro in this. And they, they set the price and that's the price. So does that, does that make a little, a little more sense? Zach? Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of just asking as to kind of get, get more out of it for you. I, I'm, it's even kind of more complex with that. And I think you're, you're hitting on it a little bit, but you know, basically the airlines are going to charge like, what they deem the value of the tickets are to its segments. They're not going to charge based on, you know, fuel or actual costs. So most airline routes are actually unprofitable for the airlines as, as like a, as a general rule. And then they make a ton of money on the premium routes. So like New York to London, especially last minute, that's a premium route because you have business travelers that are going to be relatively price insensitive, more likely to be booked in premium economy or business class. So they can charge a huge premium because this customer segment is willing to pay versus like, let's say the, the markets that like spirit and frontier and the other low cost carriers are getting into where they're going from kind of underserved markets like Cleveland or Portland and adding direct flights to leisure destinations where previously it would be hundreds of dollars with a stop on United or American. Now you have a direct flight on Spirit where, you know, maybe most people booking the tickets, if it weren't for that very low price of between like one half and one quarter of the legacy carrier, then they might not even go on the trip. So what Hidden City does is exploit that where, like I, I, I've used Hidden City a lot from going to New York and Cleveland when I was going to school in Ohio, 
where you know the the average person that's booking travel a few weeks in advance from New York to Cleveland is going to be willing to pay a lot more money than New York to Detroit. So I frequently booked New York to Detroit uh, or New York to Chicago with a stop in Cleveland because the tickets were cheaper. And that's the good old days when United used to have a hub in Cleveland, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that's that slowly started to to stop as I, you know, got older. But my my first two years, I almost exclusively did hidden city fairs, actually. <laughs> wow, wow. Um, so that so for hidden city to work, you you basically you have to be going to a hub city. Is that what you're saying, Zach? Or can it work for a non-hub city as well? It could work for a non-hub city, but maybe do you want to speak to why why it's more likely to work in a hub city? Okay, sure. So there's there's many many parts and branches, if you will, of hidden city. Um, so I'll talk about first. We'll just make it simple, and we'll talk about domestic hidden city because we can get into international and dead leg. Well, I haven't, ways, I, I've never done that stuff, so I, I look forward to hearing more about that. But yeah, let's start with domestic for us news. Sure. So basically, if you're going to go online and you're going to search, uh, let's say, for a one-way ticket from New York to L.A. tomorrow on American Airlines, they're going to give you direct options. Plus, they're going to give you options that route through any one of their hubs. So they're going to give you options that route through Chicago, which is a hub for American they can give you options that route through Miami, which is a hub for American, Dallas, Phoenix. What am I missing? Philadelphia. So, and maybe Washington, D.C., D.C.A., Reagan Airport. So they're not going to give you a ticket that routes through St. Louis, even though, even though American has a flight from LaGuardia to St. Louis and St. Louis to L.A., they're not going to sell that flight because they don't want to transit passengers through random airports like a hub like St. Louis. So even though the LaGuardia to St. Louis flight tomorrow could be a quarter full and the, and the St. Louis to LAX flight, which would connect up, is also a quarter full, they're not going to sell a flight for cheap on that route. They don't, it's not in their best interest to put passengers through St. Louis. They would like yeah. to put passengers through their and, hubs. And let's stop there for a second because that, that kind of shows a, a, just, a, I think, a huge problem with the underlying economics of aviation where frequently airlines are incentivized to basically have more flights, waste more fossil fuels. You know, like it, it, it's the world we're living in. But just when you think about that for a moment, it's like, oh, this it's probably not a good thing for, you know, even forgetting the environment, but just for kind of the inefficiencies that are involved in order to make the maximum amount per, per passenger in the short term. Right. Well, here's the thing, Zach. I mean, that's that's a valid point you mentioned, but I do want to um, explain for a second the, why the airlines like the hubs. So, New York to Chicago on American, between JFK, LaGuardia, Newark to Chicago on American, you'll have about 20 flights a day, at least, maybe 25 flights. Say there's a problem or say there's a weather delay with one or a couple of the flights. So the connecting passengers have a problem to get to their other flights going to the West Coast, um, Seattle, San Francisco, LAX, you know, Las Vegas. The good thing is they're in a hub city, so they can, American can easily accommodate them. They have a lot more capacity to work with. 
a lot more flights going out that they can reschedule and reaccommodate their passengers. And the same thing goes with airplanes. Say there's a there's a technical issue with one of the planes in Chicago. Well, guess what? American has a hundred planes on the ground in Chicago, so <clears throat> they have they have their crews there. They have extra pilots there. They have maintenance staff there. It's all based over there. So they're they're in good home turf when something goes wrong. The problem is when something goes wrong in St. Louis or any other city that they cover, but it's not a hub, then they're they're outnumbered and they're they're shorthanded. I see, yeah. So even if it might save kind of like incremental, you know, or maybe not incremental, but you know, serious fuel costs for individual routes. If something bad happens, they're way less protected. It's more expensive and could end up being less efficient in the long run. Absolutely. You, you nailed it. Yeah. Um, okay. so, so let's get back to your original question, which is domestic hidden city. So when I want a flight from New York to Phoenix and I go online tomorrow, um, tomorrow I want that flight JFK to Phoenix, um, direct American Airlines, it's 400 bucks. But if I go online... And there's, there's, there are websites that help you do this. One that one that's very famous is called skiplag.com. Skiplag.com. That would you, you would just plug in JFK to Phoenix, and it would come up, let's say, with a couple options of flights that go. That it's a flight JFK to San Jose, California, or JFK to San Francisco, California, with a layover in Phoenix, a change of planes. And that flight could be two to three hundred bucks. So you save yourself a hundred, two hundred bucks, and um, you're happy. So that's the basic. That that is the idea of hidden city, and um, it, it works. It works many times, not all the time. Like in other words, could be there's no cheaper flights to other destinations that go through Phoenix. But more times than not, when tickets are expensive, hidden city is a good option. Now, Zach, do you want to explain a little bit um, what are the what are the precautions and what are the what are the downsides of of doing hidden city? Yeah, so the biggest downside is that if if you're a frequent flyer of a given airline, you don't want to do hidden city for that airline because if you start doing it enough, the, the airlines, I mean, you have to give them your correct name even if you're not giving them your frequent flyer number. So, like, let's say you have like a, even a lower level status on United. And your business maybe books you, like your job books you for like 15 flights during the year, but then you want to go visit family on your own dime, so you do Hidden City to save 80 bucks. Well, now maybe they close your frequent flyer account, confiscate your miles. They usually don't ban you from flying, but depending on how many miles you have, what the status is worth for you, saving, you know, and it's, it's usually for domestic flights, it's no more than like 100 bucks that you can save is probably not worth the risk. So the... I, I've never had status on any of the major airlines, so it's always something I felt comfortable doing. But I have a lot of Delta miles right now, so I wouldn't do like a ton of hidden city fares on Delta if I had sta- if if I had status, even if I didn't have status, because you know right now I have like ninety thousand miles, and you know risking losing those isn't worth it to me. That being said, doing a hidden city fare once or twice a year will stay completely under the radar. They, it's really only if you start doing multiple of these. Right, and um, that's very that's very important. Uh, people don't always realize that, and they do hidden city. And then uh, I've heard cases where United actually sends them a bill and says, um, 
you know, you saved, you sort of uh, did a hidden city ticket and uh, saved this amount of money and you owe us the money, cough it up. You know, this is against the rules. You, you know, you certainly don't want to get into a fight with them if you have what to lose, if you have something at stake. So that's, that's one downside. Now, there's another thing which is very important, which um, people don't always realize, which is luggage. So, Oh, you, yeah. I, I never yeah. travel with luggage, so I, I forgot about it, but yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I book I in a city uh, often enough for my clients. Um, yeah. Some of them actually, um, when I tell them a price and it's high, some of them actually proactively ask me if there's any hidden city, something cheaper with a hidden city. Or they'll tell me if they're checking luggage or not, you know, give me the heads up to let me know if I could do hidden city. But airlines, they check your luggage to your final destination. So if you're flying, let's take that example, JFK to Phoenix, and uh, your ticket is really going to San Francisco, your luggage is going to end up in San Francisco. So you certainly don't do not want to uh, check luggage. Yeah, and then Another. you have an airline that holds your luggage hostage, and you know, if you call them and be like, "I didn't get my luggage," and said, "Like I got off in this city," it's a huge red flag to the representative, and they could note that in your account. Where if you don't have any luggage and you just get off early, you know, people do miss their connections. So that's why doing hidden city occasionally doesn't set off red flags because, you know, they, they can't know you did hidden city on on purpose if you you know, missed a flight, it'd be pretty punitive to ban everyone's account that missed a connection. Right, right. And um, I want to point out that even if you're not checking luggage, but sometimes when you bring like a rollerboard on, you know, as a carry-on, you bring a larger carry-on. And um, when the flights are full, and especially when you're boarding later in the game, many times they'll say the overhead space is full and we're checking all carry on bags to the final destination, which then you're in a pinch. That's a real problem because you're not, you know, you have this rollerboard carry on, which you need to take carry on. Otherwise it's going to end up in your final destination, which you're not going to. Then it it becomes a real problem. So I always tell people that you want to board early and you want to be proactive about it. You want to, you want to make sure that they're not going to take away your carry on bag and if all goes wrong and they really, really want to take it, you got to sort of figure out what to do in a pinch. Either say, you know, this has medical things I need urgent to stay with me or um, <laughs> this is very important valuables that, that I don't want to check and can I take the next flight um, or something like that. You don't want to give them your carry-on bag because uh, more, ch- more often than not, it's going to end up in the final destination. So I've, ha- yeah, I've had cases sure. like that. Yeah. Yeah, I've had yeah, and and that, and that's that's an important thing where it's you know a lot of people just want the cheapest fares and don't think about the risks involved. But I'm sure you you know with your clients you're like, listen, I could save you this money, but just know there's a small risk, and if this happens, you have to do this because I could see a scenario where you know even if you explain that to them, then they aren't familiar with the situation. They ask for the bags, they give them, and then you know the the bags don't end up where they want. Then they call the airlines. The airline realize they did a hidden city fare and it's this whole kind of catastrophe and they could, you know, pin it on you. Right. Yeah. So, uh, thank God I've never had any, you know, crazy mess ups. Yeah. (laughs) I had one time that someone did give his carry on bag 
he was going LAX to Boston, but he really wanted to get off in Newark. So it was a connection in Newark. And he um, didn't really, he wasn't, he's a smart guy, but he didn't really know this whole hidden city thing pat down. So he gave them his carry-on bag to check to Boston. And he, he even had his keys to his apartment in his bag, um, which he, so he lives in New York. So um, it's a big, big it, yeah, it was a problem. So and then he basically got United in Newark to give him back his bag. He sort of told them like he has important stuff in it. He needs to take something out and he got them to give it back. I was surprised. I thought they would give him a hard time. He just, um, it was pretty smooth over there. Otherwise I never had anything crazy, but. And yeah, a, a, uh, a word of a word of advice for people thinking of doing hidden city one, just in general, I think traveling without luggage is much better. It just makes your life a lot easier. You don't have to wait to get your check bags. Even if you're not doing hidden city, then there's no chance of them losing your luggage. Way less likely to have any theft, uh, especially when traveling internationally. And then also, it's it's easier, depending on the type of carry-on luggage you bring, to to get it on the plane reliably. So so when I when I travel, I almost always bring my trumpet in a small case, which I will never check. Uh, and then I have a pretty large backpack that usually when I fill it up actually becomes a little bit bigger than the average carry-on or the allowed carry-on size. But because it's on my back, no one considers to like give me the tag to check it or to tell me it's too big. And I know that I can reliably fit it. So if you're, you know, want to do these in city fairs, if you're looking to travel a little bit lighter and you don't mind, uh, you know, carrying, carrying your stuff on your back, I highly recommend doing that because it makes the boarding process way easier. And I'm I'm always traveling with at least like my computer, a couple of valuables and my trumpet, things that I would really never consider checking or would really hate for it to, for it to be checked. And that's a strategy where, you know, over hundreds of flights, I've, I've never had to check it a single time. Some close calls, but so far are running good. Nice. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll link, to, uh, I'll, I'll link to the, uh, I'll link to the, the bag that I have in the show notes called the Tortuga backpack. The, the closest thing I came to, Jason, actually was on a flight from New York to Cleveland where they changed the planes at the last minute. So normally when I travel, it's just with my trumpet. But uh, I was going back to, to, to school at the beginning of the fall. So I was going to bring back my trumpet and a flugelhorn, a thing kind of like a trumpet. And the case for those two horns is, you know, kind of a full size carry on. And originally, it was going to be not a regional jet. It was going to be a flight where it could hold that. But then they changed at the last minute. <laughs> and I specifically booked a flight on what their A320 or A321 to make sure that there'd be enough overhead room. And then they switched it up for like a super small, uh, you know, two-in-one regional jet, uh, where it was very clear that this would not fit above. And I did not want to have my trumpet and, and flugelhorn not with me, especially like, you know, thrown in by baggage handlers under the cl- under the plane. So what I ended up doing was just kind of like faux putting it around my back, like carrying it with like one hand over my back. And then the attendant gave me a ticket. Between when she gave me a ticket and when I got on the plane, I took the ticket off and put it in my pocket, was able to somehow get the bag on the plane without getting you know reprimanded. Of course, it didn't fit above because it's one of these small regional jets, but I put it below my seat completely blocking my leg room, which is not something I'd recommend to do on a regular basis, but then put my jacket like 
around my feet in the bag so the flight attendant couldn't see it, put my eye mask on and pretended to be asleep. And I was able to successfully get to Cleveland with my stuff and no one was harmed in the process. Zach, that is a, it's a serious uh, frequent flyer trick over there. Good for yeah. you, man. That, uh, I've done similar, but not, not quite as uh, crazy. Uh, I've done yeah. the first step of what you did, you know, was handed a tag and said, I have to check this underneath, but I actually ended up bringing it, bringing it on the plane. Uh, but not, <laughs> not as crazy as what you made it sound like. You know, we, we did cover, we covered some Hidden City topics. There, there is a lot more to go, really. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't start with international. We didn't start with uh, dead legs. I think we need a whole nother, we need to do round two of, um, or part two of Hidden City ticketing, and we're going to focus more on international next time. How does that sound, Zach? Sounds great to me. Leave them hanging. Okay. Yeah, there's, there's plenty. We just talked about the $100 and $200 savings today, but next, next time we do a Hidden City cast, we're going to talk about saving thousands and thousands of dollars on international flights. Oh, um, I, I can't wait. Sounds fun. One last piece of uh, info that I wanted to tell you guys here is that if you must check luggage and the flight's a lot cheaper to do Hidden City, savings of a couple hundred, and if, especially if you're a few travelers, you might want to consider shipping your luggage. If you're, if you're going, you know, New York, Phoenix, it's uh, three passengers, each saving 200 bucks. That's 600 bucks total. Go to the UPS store, put your, take, give them your suitcase. It will get there in three days. And, and you'll, you'll, you'll end up saving, you know, you'll spend a hundred bucks. You'll end up saving 500. It's well worth it. Yeah. That's definitely the move, you know, when traveling with a family and you need stuff because it's easier for me when I'm almost always traveling solo to say, Oh, just pack lighter. But I know many people for a variety of reasons, both, you know, with kids or with medical things, like that's not a reality that everyone can do even if they wanted to. So good to know about options like that. All right, Zach, it was nice talking. Um, we will cover, we will cover the hidden city part two. Yeah. One of these weeks. Sounds, sounds good. Have a great day, Jason. Okay. You too, Zach.